It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Toss the bottom line. The Stone Cold Simpson. Everybody dies. Because I'm better than you, and you know it. Woo! Yes, To off the mouse with, with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the only wrestling talk show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Off the Mat. I'm Alex Lowe's in Florida. With me at this time is my co host in Long Island, New York, Lyle Gillen. How you doing, Lyle? How's your week been? Um, it's been going really well. Uh, getting to that point of the year where mentally I am checked out because I have my week off vacation coming up, and I just want that to like happen. Um, and I, I'm just mentally I'm there already, but I'm physically not, and it just sucks. So every I'm day not, is dragging on. I'm awake. I'm ready to go. It's going to be a great show tonight. But before be we get one. started, before we get started. Here's how you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Facebook and Twitter, how you can follow Off The Mat on Facebook and Twitter, and how you can download the, the free WWSRN app. And first, you can download, uh, first, you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Twitter at WWSRN underscore radio. Same for Facebook. Again, that is at WWSRN srn underscore radio for fate for for all for off the mat our our handle is for twitter and facebook is at off the mat wwsrn again our twitter handle for off the mat is at off the mat wwsrn same for facebook and how do you download the wwsrn app it's absolutely simple and it's free you don't have to pay a dime at all for this app uh, you can get the app in the Google Play Store or on in on your Apple iPhone in your Apple App Store mobile de- for your mobile device. You type in WWSRN, you download the app, and you'll get access to our show schedules, show show host bios, replays of any shows you may have missed, uh, show articles, and so much more. Also, please be sure to check out the Off the Mat website. The link to our website is in our Twitter bio for at Off the Mat WWSRN. It is also in the Facebook our Facebook description as well. You click on that link and it will take you to it will give you access to our a show and pay per view schedule, which now runs from the end of the year into 2022. You get a show archive page. You have a special guest interview page where we have all of our past uh, interviews from the special guests we have had on Off the Mat and so much more. Also a contact page. So please, please check out everything that we have to offer here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network and for Off the Mat. Now, while we're going to dive right into AEW Dynamite winter is coming. And man, what an unbelievable way to open the show. 
And you nailed it right on the head. I remember you saying last week it was going to end in a time limit draw, and you were absolutely right. I'm shocked they did it. But once they came out right at the beginning of the show to start the match, I knew it was going to happen because they did the same thing the last time. And it didn't ruin the match for me. There were some people saying, oh, once I realized it was going to be a draw, it wasn't the same. And I got like, who gives a shit? But it was a phenomenal match. Um, it really was. I think it was Hangman's best match that he had in AEW. Personally, for me, I still think that Omega Danielson was better than. Danielson Hangman by a lot. But yeah, that match was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I really like how they're building Danielson up to be this guy that mm-hmm. everybody who's a top guy in main event can't beat. Absolutely. Um, and it's setting up so- something. And I don't know what's in Tony's head, but it's setting up something. And I can't wait to get that finish line. Yeah, and I, a lot, I see a lot of people that have been complaining on Twitter about how the match ended with the the draw of 60-minute time limit draw. I thought it was nicely planned because you're not taking away for, from any any person in this match. You're not taking away from Brian Danielson, and you're not ripping off the title from Hangman right away. So you're giving both of them uh, time and the uh, compromise to come up with something amazing and really add more to this storyline. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I liked how they ended it much better than the last draw. It was much more clean. Um, it was much more teasing that Heyman was going to win, where in the last one, it looked like they were kind of teasing that Danielson was going to get him into the bell lock, and he couldn't. But I, I thought it was a little sloppy at the end. But I, I think that they did a great job of showing that Hangman was about to beat him. And the only thing I would have still changed was a criticism I had of the last draw. The last 10 seconds, they should be counting. 10, mm-hmm. 9, 8. That's what Justin Robert should be doing. And it would definitely make that moment a lot more dramatic. Yeah, I agree. It would have added more, more anticipation to the time limit draw. And it was a great match. Uh, if they hopefully they'll do another rematch for this down the line, maybe, maybe probably at Revolution or before then, we'll have to wait and see. Also, my other favorite match from uh, Winner is Coming was Dante Martin against MJF. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing Dante go to work on MJF, really use that top rope high flying style against MJF and MJF is a guy who stays grounded at all times, doesn't allow anybody to try and get the jump on him early. And MJF was able to win this match and become a three time dynamite ring holder. Um, I thought the match was great. I was not happy with the finish. And the only reason being was that the heels helped the heel get to win. And I didn't like that because I think it would have made it much better if CM Punk cost MJF the ring. That's what I think would have been a better finish. I agree. I think having CM Punk come out at the end uh, basically just kind of took away from that. You could have had him come out in the middle of the match, distract MJF, and then have Dante try to roll him up for a pin. Did you catch uh, CM Punk's shirt when he did come out? Yeah, I did. I thought that was great, especially doing that doing that in Texas, where um, 
So all the controversial stuff going on over there. And I think what CM Punk did wearing that shirt was um was perfect. It was great and made a good statement. Absolutely. What did you think about the uh, Wardlow Matt Seidel match? Uh, I think there's something going on inside Wardlow's head because you can see him kind of like motioning and trying to be on the same page with uh, Sean Spears, the chairman. But Sean was telling Wardlow what to do, and I, I don't think Wardlow really liked that. And you could kind of see it in this uh, segment, this short angle. Um, yeah, I got a similar sense from them. And what I think – well, I, I didn't expect the match to be very long from the beginning. Nah. Especially after the hour draw, a match was going to be down to being short. It happened to be that one. I think that's fine for that one to be it. Oh, they did do it on the women's match again. That would have been – a lot of fun to watch Twitter erupt, but uh, I, th- I expected it to be a short match. It was what I expected, and yeah, I, I agree. It looked like Wardlow was not on the same page or didn't have interest in being on the same page as Spears. Mm-hmm. I think there's something going on there. Maybe Tony Khan has the idea of kind of pushing Wardlow off into his own singles run, maybe detaching from the from the group from MJF's group. Well, they've been teasing Wardlow turning for a while, and they're doing it a little bit more often now, but it really started, I think they started teasing it around Cody MJF's storyline. They had a little moment, and every now and then they'll do it again. It's kind of like a reminder, and I really like how how they're doing it. They're they're slow burning it. You know it's going to happen, but you don't know when. No, you don't. I, I think they're going to pull it when we least expect it. They're going to try and swerve us, try to not allow the fans to kind of catch on to what's happening. And that's a perfect way to do it. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, the WWE style, they tend to just rush everything for the most part. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, they'll do a slow burn. But what do you they, think they, of they that? rush it. And I really yeah. like how AEW, for that one thing, is slow doing it. And they do that with a lot of um, storylines. They do it, did it with Hangman winning the belt. A lot of their major storylines, they tend to slow burn. Uh, and I prefer that. Yeah, I think that's the best way you can go about it. And uh, speaking of AEW, I kind of want to add something in because I saw, I saw this earlier on when I went into Ticketmaster. And that is that... AEW Revolution is almost sold out already. Almost already sold out. The only well, did they only have the pre-sale or did it go on sale to the general? No, pre-sale? it went on sale today. Okay. Yeah, because I put a I put something on the Off the Mat Twitter page at Off the Mat WWSRN, which says AEW Revolution tickets are almost sold out already, and the only sections left are Section Two in front of the barricade by the stage. Section 104, 105, and the nosebleed upper deck seats. Those are the only seats remaining. Wow. It's un- it's unbelievable how fast they were able to. How many seats were in that building? Um, I'm not sure. How many does? I think it. I wonder how many seats. Why don't uh, you look it up really quick? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. It's Addition Financial Arena. I know it's a big arena because I've been there before for something else. A decent arena. It's a smaller arena, but I think this it seats over. Wow, probably eight thousand seats. Yeah, that's pretty small for a pay per view. They probably didn't think that Orlando would sell out. No, it's probably why they 
or they didn't think it would sell out of Ipica Arena, um, which is why they went to that small of an arena. But it's 8,000 generally, so it's probably going to be roughly 65,000, 7,000 for, yeah. for a normal show, for an AEW show maybe. So that's not good for a pay-per-view. You should definitely have more seats than that. They could easily get 12, 13 in a bigger arena in a more prime area. I think the problem is with uh, between AEW and WWE, WWE has more of the bigger arenas. They have Amway Center. You could run them if they wanted to. Camping World. Um, What else do they? They have uh, Amelie Arena. It's not exclusive. They could easily run that if they wanted to. Oh, okay. I wasn't know if they have like uh, an exclusive thing contract or not. But it, does it surprise you that the AEW Revolution tickets are almost out that quickly? No, it's actually surprisingly that it's not it's that small of an arena. I was expecting all the lowest level seats to still be open, like the seats around the ring, like six, eight, five, and three, those like ringside seats. Those usually go very quickly. It's crazy to see how far AEW has come since last year when they started the, started, uh, the promotion, when they started... All Elite Wrestling, and they've just been doing an amazing job uh, going into uh, next, going into 2022, and what a way to do it to uh, basically sell that many tickets in a short span of time. Yeah, they've done a phenomenal job to be a two-year-old company, and they sold 20,000 seats at the Tennis Center in New York City. That's extremely impressive how major of a deal that is. The fact that they outsold the WWE twice with Arthur Ashe and at UBS Arena. That is extremely impressive, and WWE should be unnoticed about them, that they're a, a legit player. They're not just some TNA impact who's just here. They're a good company that is drawing a crowd. And they're drawing a lot of viewership, too. I mean, the numbers that I saw on Twitter from uh, Brian Alvarez, I mean, they're just... They're knocking it out of the park with that. Um, uh, I think they had like 950, 950,000 as their viewership and a 0.31 for the demo. Now, what people are forgetting is when they look at that, oh, it's over a million. Well, they're now live on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So it's 8 o'clock on the e- our time. Yep. But on the West Coast, it's 5 o'clock. Not many people are going to be able to watch that live. No. So... They're losing a major audience. Now, a lot of people are watching that when it's over. When the, After they get home from work, they'll, they'll DVR it, they'll get home from work, and they'll watch it then. Mm-hmm. That is really where you can, what's affecting them and why they're not over a million every week because they're losing a giant audience over there. I think if you include the West Coast, they probably would have had around 1.2 to 1.3 and definitely would have been closer to number one for uh, the demo. For the for the cable spot, you mean? Yeah, for the demo. Yeah, it's it's incredible to see what they're doing. So uh, the women's match for AEW Dynamite, Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb. I thought this match was pretty good. I mean, I, I was impressed by how Shida was able to keep Serena Deeb at bay for as long as possible until eventually getting the win because Serena Deeb is a very very impressive wrestler she's someone who has a lot of grounding submission attempts uh she's great at uh taking down her opponents easily taking out the back of the leg and Sheeta 
Cheetah, I'm glad that they're finally allowing Cheetah to at least build something up because for a while she had so many losses. Ever since she lost the belt, she kind of uh, lost a lot of steam. But yeah. I thought the match was great. I think Cheetah is probably the, the most underrated female wrestler in North America. She's extremely talented. I think she's probably the most important female wrestler in AEW because of her the role she did in WWE when she worked there when she was a trainer. That is something they greatly need in AEW or needed when she came in. And I think she's done, done a phenomenal job. She uh, has. I, I've enjoyed the storyline between these two. And I think it was a good match and good payoff. I'm hoping that they allow Sheeta to build up more wins. Because that's what I feel like needs to happen for her to get back to the spot she was at a couple months ago. And now we'll we'll dive right into Kyle O'Reilly and Johnny Gargano. So I want to talk a little bit about that while... So what do you what do you think? Where do you think Johnny Gargano goes? Do you think he goes to Impact, AEW, possibly New Japan? Where in the right direction do you think Johnny should go next? See, with Johnny, I have no idea. I don't think we're going to see him for a bit. He's having a kid. So he's going to take a while off, do his thing, spend time with new addition to his family. And then I think he's going to go in back to wrestling. But I don't know when that will be. I still think he goes back to WWE eventually. I just can't picture him in another promotion. But I you think, think Kyle O'Reilly might go over and join the Super Click? Yeah, I, I definitely think he's gone from WWE. But back to Johnny Gargano, I think he's a guy who will definitely maybe have a few other matches outside WWE, do a few things, and then maybe go back. He mentioned he wanted to wrestle Kenny Omega. He said he thinks he's currently the best in the world. I agree. And he said that he thinks he's a dream opponent for him. He said it on his Twitch, which right when he came back, he went right back to doing his Twitch. There are signs he might leave for good, but just my gut feeling, I can't yeah. picture him anywhere else. It's, it's it's weird, but he's a very talented wrestler. Him and Kenny Omega would be a very, very good match. I would be much interested to see that technically, how they would do against each other in that form of a match. I think they do phenomenal together. I think they did great. Where do you think Kyle O'Reilly goes? Uh, well, I, I, think, I think he's going to AEW. There was kind of a hint that he could be there next week. I don't know. I th maybe he'll debut at the TBS show. I think that's when it'll actually be. They kind of hinted at it last week. I don't think it'll be him. The Adam Cole hit and Super Quick hint that they did when they were backstage after the Danielson Hangman match. Oh, yeah. He's like, I got a big present Christmas surprise for you guys. Yeah, I see what you're alluding to there. But TBS show, you kind of need something bigger there. Yeah, so you do. So doing the debut the week before, that just doesn't make sense to me. I think doing it on the TBS show, having him show up, I think it's a great prime opportunity. And I think that's really when they're going to have Kyle O'Reilly debut and then they'll have the Undisputed Elite. Yeah, I, I cannot wait for that. I really hope they do that, but they could swerve us too. They could have Kyle O'Reilly team with uh join uh with uh CM Punk in that team. Uh, no, and all I, that. I I don't think that happens at all. They could swerve us and have them turn on the Young Bucks, but I think that'll happen down the line. And I think the Young Bucks will turn on Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole when Kenny Omega comes back. That's when they'll turn on them. That group will split up. It'll be the original Undisputed Era and the Elite feuding. I can't picture them taking the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and making them a face again. No, I couldn't see that happening. They're doing too good as a heel. I think they're yeah. going to keep that going. They have to keep that going. With just the way they've been showing them on TV, how they've been putting these characters forth, 
there's no reason why they shouldn't keep them on the heel train that they're on right now. Let's dive right into the Jeff Hardy discussion. So I I forget what day I saw this, but it was like a couple hours after I got home from work. And I was watching uh, Russell talk and they said Jeff Hardy's been released. I'm like, wait a second, Jeff Hardy's been released. So I had to Google it just to be sure. And I saw all these major news sources saying that uh, an incident occurred at a WWE live taping show. And I saw the clip on Twitter too. And it looks like Jeff Hardy was leaving the ring and then he went over jumped over a bear a steel frame barricade and tried to walk up that way and you can see a, a security guy run after him and tell him to go this way like point him point him towards like the uh, yeah he was going through the crowd and doing things apparently he was taking photos of people it's just weird behavior everyone kind of assumed he had a relapse and was on something um wwe offered him rehab and he re- he turned it down now Matt Hardy came out and said that Jeff is okay, he's fine. Yeah. And Jeff and Matt ended up doing a Twitch stream a few days ago. And pretty much Matt said that he is the least worried about his brother ever for right now. He is fine. He attested that he is perfectly fine. He's not worried about him. He's good. Jeff Hardy was on stream. They didn't really talk about exactly what happened. So it happened eventually, but it wasn't like a relapse. It wasn't like a He's now an alcoholic again. Um, He might have had a day where he just had a little bit to drink, but they really didn't call it a relapse. Um, Sean Waltman, who's been in and out of rehab a few times, came out and said, not every incident needs rehab. Not every time you have something needs rehab. What I don't want to really assume. I feel like I'm hearing is he did drink, but he's not an alcoholic. There are times when some people do have that moment where they're in their sobriety and then they don't go back to that full time. They had just one bad day. Mm-hmm. It happens to, every, to everybody in life. Yeah. You have a bad day. You have something happen. I think he might have just had a day where he did drink something. WWE, you know, with his history, offered mm-hmm. him rehab and he turned it down. And that's why they got rid of him. But I do not think that he is a person who has really lots of issues right now. I think no. when his 90 days were up, he goes to AEW, I think he'd be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm more worried about him being home for 90 days than I am about if he went right to AEW. That I am worried about because that, what, what's he going to do for 90 days? Yeah, I don't think he should have a 90-day no-compete clause because uh, he should be able to go over anytime he's ready to. That's how it should be, but that's not what WWE does, unfortunately. Yeah, that's not what WWE is, unfortunately. They have strict guidelines, strict protocols. To me, I feel like it, it is kind of bizarre, but I really don't want to assume anything. I don't really want to talk, uh, really say anything that people might take out of context. But really, I just feel like when Jeff Hardy feels like he's ready to go over to AEW, he can. And I, I would be, I, I, I honestly want to see that. I want to see Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy team together in AEW. If they had one more match as the Hardy Boys, let's be real. It would have to be another match against the Young Bucks. What they've done together in the past was great. I think what they could do together now would be great. Um, but we would need another one. I think it would be phenomenal. Uh, I mean, you could even put them against Penta... Penta Zero Meadow yep. and uh, Phoenix. Put them against FTR. Hardy Boys would be great for the AEW division. 
But see, now would be a great time to have them come back as uh, the Broken Hardys. Mm-hmm. Now they have a crowd again. Yep. Brother Nero and Broken Matt, I think. Broken Matt Hardy. I want to see that, but now I'm not sure what the decision is, but I'm very... It, I'm very interested and anticipated to hear when more news comes out about uh, mm-hmm. the next move for Jeff Hardy. And uh, I'm, I mean, it would be great to see those two even have some uh, matches on AEW Dark and Rampage as well. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I'm just not a big fan of the Hardy family office, whatever the hell he called it. Big um, money, Matt. Yeah, I didn't really like that gimmick as much. It just didn't stick with me. It didn't resonate. I had no problem with him doing it with just Private Party. When he started bringing in everybody else, that's when I stopped liking it. If, it was just, if, if he went back to just him and Private Party again, I'd like it a lot more. But he went off and started having all these people that I feel like don't mesh together. And that's why I didn't like it. Let's Quickly dive right into Ring of Honor final battle. I really, really enjoyed this uh, final show for Ring of Honor for now. I don't know if they're going to continue. Who knows? I know they are going on a hiatus until next April. I think they're done. The Briscoes apparently are going to AEW. Brody King apparently is going to AEW. Matt Taven. I think I think he's going to NWA, or he it did go to NWA. I think he actually signed with them. Obviously, and then Jay Lethal's with AEW. Yes, Jay, I forgot about him. Uh, everyone who is a, a was was their stars is now leaving. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really hard to build back and have a have draws again. Um, I I think it'll be really it's it'll be in a d- tough position. Um, I don't think it happens. I think they're gonna sell the library. Uh, I think they should sell the library to AEW. And then AEW should try and do something similar to what AEW, uh, uh, to, to what WWE does, but with HBO Max. Mm-hmm. They have their library on there. Um, it's already owned by Turner, I believe. So it should make it easy to happen. And I think that'd be perfect. You know, I have HBO Max. Yeah. That'd be great. And AEW it, it, has a pretty solid library right now. So you take that, and then you have uh, all the old New stuff. Japan on Roku. Uh, yes. And then you have all the... um. Older stuff that the Young Bucks did and some Kenny Omega stuff. Older Brian Danielson stuff. Yeah. Which is great. Um, you'll get some great Samoa Joe matches. Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobayashi. That would be on there because that was another Ring of Honor match. There would be some phenomenal wrestling on there. And I would love to have that on HBO Max and all accessible. Yeah. That would be amazing to have. To have that full library on there. But I want to ask you about this, uh, Lyle, the ending of this, uh, I think it was a six or eight man tag for Ring of Honor final battle, but the uh, EC3's team lost in that match. And then at the end of the match, you hear uh, EC3 yell, it's time to release the Titan. And who do you see come out? Braun Strowman, who is now called Titan. What did you think about that? What did you think about the short appearance? I hate him. I think I made it before. I hate Braun Strowman. I think he's absolutely horrible. Has no business being anywhere near a wrestling ring. He should go the way of right back and be gone forever. So you don't like him? No, not one bit. I hate him very much. He's but, horrible in the ring. He's boring. He should not be anywhere near professional wrestling. I mean, it was a good way to end that match to add an angle to it, even though Ring of Honor is going to be done. I mean... 
Yeah, it was a great way to close out. It's probably going to be on um, uh, EC3 for the narrative shows. It was a great way to cl- close out the whole the whole promotion for this uh, show. One of my favorite matches was uh, who was it? Yeah, Shane Taylor against Kenny King. I loved that match mm-hmm. when they were pulling out the ladders, the tables. One of my favorite spots in that match was when uh, Shane Taylor was laying on the ladder and Kenny went up like the eight foot ladder, like a little bit all the way, not as all the way up, but somewhere in the middle, then jumped and Shane Taylor got, I I think he got out of the way, but they both, he tried to, but they both went crashing through the ladder. I thought that was amazing. I mean, these guys were dishing out so much punishment in this match. What's your favorite Ring of Honor memory of all time now that, you know, they're closing their doors. It's all over. Motor City Machine Guns against the Briscoe Brothers. Okay. Those matches. If I had to answer that question, it would be G1 Supercard in New York City. That was, like, I'll give them their due. It was really good because of New Japan, because they always deliver. And then you can't for, you can't forget about Jay Lethal, the talented Jay Lethal, who has the, the Black Machinimo gimmick. Mm-hmm. And then when he he had that for a while and then he kind of like leveraged out into his own thing and did all of his own matches against people like Jonathan Grisham and other big names, Homicide, Rocky Romero, all those guys. Yeah. Also, that show I went to with Josh at Hammerstein. It was a good show. I had a lot of fun at that show. Um, They put on a good they did a great job. Good matches. God versus Briscoes was a great match. Crowd wasn't that great, but I had a lot of fun at that show. Some of the best Ring of Honor memories, like uh, Tyler Black when he was there. You know, now Seth Rollins, WWE, obviously, and then uh, Brian Danielson when he was there. And then who else can I remember that was in Ring of Honor? CM Punk when he was there. Those were some great. Summer years. of Punk in two thousand five. Those were some Chris great Hero? years. Huh? Chris Hero. Chris Hero, yep. It's sad to see any any promotion like basically be done. I mean, I wish Ring of Honor c- could still be around and still hold hold on and ha- still run shows. But like you said, Lyle, it sounds like they might be done. They were the victim of essentially being the developmental for WWE's developmental. Think about all the, all the stars that are now in WWE or AEW. They essentially made them for those companies, Tyler Black, yep. Steen, El Generico. Um, look at all these guys. That's just name a couple who are in WWE. That's why they're dead yep. because they didn't have a way. Like, if they had a TV deal they I, a while ago, they would have been huge. They would have been able to keep all those guys. They would have got money in. They would have kept Ke- Ke- uh, Kevin Steen. They would have kept Samoa Joe, maybe. Maybe what if they even kept CM Punk all these, all these years? What if they kept Brian Danielson? They could have been a major, 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 major promotion. Hey, well, even even uh, Dragon Lee, if they were able to keep yeah. him around for a while, because um, I remember he was in New Japan for a long, long time away from Ring of Honor. He, he's still in Ring of Honor. He still is. Yeah. If they're going out, where does he go? He was contracted with AAA and Ring of Honor, I believe. And now that Ring of Honor is under arrest, he's just contracted with AAA. Well, now no, I got a big sense. surprise for you, Lyle, because we have a special guest coming into the show now. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
Hi, everybody. Hey, yeah, the show can be somewhat good. He's not happy right now, but that's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy if I was in your arms either, by the hey, way. Hey, listen, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I, I had to come on uh, before the holiday and everything like that because... Um, Holidays, okay? You know. Coming up also. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I had to come on. I, I First off, I have uh, missed you guys dearly. I wanted to just... Let you guys know that first off to the fans out there that have reached out to me. Thank you. It's been a very traumatizing, tumultuous experience as my son just burped right on my shoulder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he threw up on you? No, he just burped on me. Um, <clears throat> Can't wait to meet him. You know what I'm saying? Caleb is uh, doing great. I, I wanted to come on before the holidays because I know we're not going to probably do the show next week with Christmas Eve and stuff like mm -hmm. that. New and, Year's, uh, yeah. I will be back um, after the New Year's. Um, I will be back full time. What? You want to say hi? Okay, let's say hi to everybody. Look, say hi. <laughs> say hi, Caleb. But I wanted to just, you know, come on and see you guys and just let you, you know, to the fans. I think he's doing great. If nobody knows, um, basically, my wife had very serious complications. Um, she had a severe issue called, um, I'm just going to put him down for a second. Here we go. He's got a bed next to me. So he, she had something called um, severe preeclampsia, which is a lot of fluid build up in your body. And her blood pressure was 180 over 100. And she almost went to cardiac arrest during the pregnancy. And then he almost lost his oxygen level because uh, the umbilical cord was wrapping around his neck. So they had to do an emergency C-section. And I almost lost both my wife and my son at the same time. Um, I would say it humbles you in a very quick fast way mm -hmm. life does um <clears throat> he went from being three pounds and 13 ounces as you can hear him to now being six pounds and over 10 ounces in a few weeks so oh, he looks great good. he's doing healthy he's happy doesn't seem happy now but he's doing great and like i said i i i've met, i've kept in touch with both of you of course i've watched the show every week Sorry. Um, trust me, I love what you guys are doing. I applaud both of you for the work that you both have done. Can you let me finish? You know, like, you know, what I'm saying? you know, like, slap him, Caleb. Come on. I wanted to come on and thank you guys and tell you what great jobs and work you both have done during the show without me. And of course, the Speedy, too, for producing it. And, you know, this is, like I said, I've been gone for a while. It was not expected to be this long. No. Unfortunately, you know, things happen. Yep. Life comes at you quickly. And, I'm just appreciative that everybody's healthy. Mom is doing great. Um, he's doing great. And I wanted to come on too because, you know, I saw you were do you were talking final battle. Yep. Right? Um, as you could see, I'm repping. The Briscoes have to rep. Um, and I hope they kick the living you-know-what out of FTR, by the way. No, nope, I, I hope they beat the crap out of those hard <laughs> hey, hey, I hope they beat the living snot out of FTR. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Not going to happen. Uh, let me tell you. So the Briscoes, to me, one of the best tag teams in the world. Yeah. They've proved Without it. They've shown it. They have done it for years upon years upon years since 2000. They've done everything you could think of. And now that they're doing stuff in GCW now, which is right yeah. up their alley. I can't um, wait to go, that, go to that show. I, let me tell you. I, I would love to be there, of course. Unfortunately, I cannot. Yeah, they're facing uh, Brody King and PCO. Yeah, they're doing that for the for the Blood Hill show. 
And it seems like an FTR thing is going to eventually happen down the stretch. Eventually. And we'll see if Tony Khan pulls the trigger on it. He reports out he signed Brody King. So clearly they, which I think Brody King is a perfect fit for that team, especially with, because he was with Malachi in the independency. So I think for him to join with, with, I think a team like with the, be in a group with a Malachi black, I think would be a very good place for Brody King. Um, we'll see if that happens. Now that I think of it, PCO goes. I don't even care where he goes. I respect PCO a ton. I really do. The guy's almost sixty something years old. He needs to retire. I mean, he's gonna be in a wheelchair by the time his career is over. I mean, it's just the fact that it's like Final Battle was great. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. I watched it. I loved it. Good show. They did. They they really did a nice send off. I'm very happy for uh, Jonathan Gresham. By the way, he Jonathan Gresham deserved that moment 100. Yep. He was gonna be Bandito. By the way, regardless, he was gonna be Bandito yep. that night. This night, it didn't matter. I like that Khan let Jay Lethal do that show because let's be real here, Jay Lethal was Mr. Ring of Honor for Yeah, he was. He was uh, the face. I'm shocked he didn't let Brian Danielson go. I'm sure he asked who would want to be in and who didn't. I'm sure he asked. Maybe Danielson maybe just didn't want to do it. I thought there was a chance a young buck could show up, but with their history with Ring of Honor after they left last time. Well, I that was it too with Danielson too. Danielson had yeah. a very bad falling out with Ring of Honor years ago. So it was just, I guess with certain things, I guess certain scars, I guess stick with you. And maybe there's just no I, I way of fixing it. I don't know how some people can do that because one, it's a new ownership. It's Sinclair, I think, owned it since 2012. He was in WWE already. I'm sure he was asked. I'm sure Tony Khan asked everybody who was a part of that company. And same thing with Impact. Look at what Scott Demore did with um, Deanna Perrazzo. And, and I am shocked play. that WWE didn't even attempt to, to do it. I'm not shocked. Not I, shocked in the slightest. When you have and, all that because talent. Honestly, you see every promotion in the business out there today is helping everybody back and forth, left and right. And yeah. WWE and no one cares about themselves. Not doing anything is Vince McMahon. He is not helping any other promotions but himself. Because WWE thinks they're the only superior company in the world. Pretty much. They're not. And, and that, that's a fact, Alex. That is true. And, the, and the sad part is they have brainwashed the people who watch their pathetic program that they are the best and only real promotion in the world. Now, yep. I mean, like I said, the fact that I, I, the fact that I got to watch, I didn't know if I was going to be able to watch Final Battle of the Night, and I really, you know, to to see the Briscoes battle one of my favorite single stars in Ring of Honor history, Matt Taven, and of course Mike Bennett with um, the OGK was yep. awesome. I think it was great. FTR showing up was perfect. I think that match used to happen at some point. Uh, I think Tony Khan hopefully will make it happen. The Briscoes are a very interesting team because they've had a lot of stuff on the outside. It's a matter of where do the Briscoes fit in terms of companies and especially companies that are going on full-time television. It's do the Briscoes fit the mantra of a, they don't fit a WWE. I'm just going to be, let's, let's be. No, no, I do not want to see them in WWE. You know Sorry. So yeah. it's like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if they do go to AEW. I've heard rumors that they have signed, but I don't know because of Jay Briscoe's past. But the comments he's made about... Very homophobic comments. Um, yes, he has. And he has apologized since then about it. But of course, when you're younger, you do... Like we said with Sammy Guevara. He was 30. You should know better. 
I mean, I, yeah. He claims that it was part of his character, but he was a face. Listen, I look at it in his perspective. I'm willing to give people second chances. I um, think he yeah. lives in the South and just hates gay people. That's what it, I mean, that's he, what it is. That, it's that's, that's, well, not even the South. He lives in Delaware. I mean, it's not even the South. I mean, that, that's that's down there, and that's also very, um, very, very religious down there, too. And he, he they, they grew up being well, super, well, super yes. Christians. And, you know, the super Christians, they are super bigots and they like they're most of the people that are either racist or homophobic no that's true there are a certain portion of this country that are like that but he did apologize for it yeah. and he said it was part of his character he but again, i don't he, believe that you know i mean i don't believe it either no look i like the characters that they are and i like their wrestling ability People do stupid things and say stupid things all the time. Yeah. Once you type that stuff on Twitter, you can't go back. Now, I, I, I want to say and clear something. I don't think they should not be going to AW. They should be banned or anything like that. And I, I'm not no, saying they should be canceled. But what I am saying is I don't. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Tony Khan, because of that history, doesn't want them in. Of if you course, don't yeah. want the Hulk Hogan, yep. who, who said what he say. said, then I would think there's a chance that you don't have Jay Briscoe in. I would not. I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I, I I don't believe in people saying one thing eight years ago and then that's it. You are banned from society. Okay. I don't believe that, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't so be shocked they, if, if he ended up um, not be going to AEW because of that. If they were to go to AEW, because I want to ask Josh and Lyle this. Did you see the uh, promo for Malachi Black? Did you see the guy in the hooded figure? Brody King. Yeah, what if that's Brody, Brody King. King? Is that good? It's Brody King. Exactly who it was. That's what I you know. They were, I was talked for months about Brody King signing with AEW. Yes, I think we both said it, Josh and I. Probably um, uh, we both because they they teamed up before. The two yeah, they're taking Jamie in uh, PWG. Mm -hmm. That's why it makes sense. It makes too much sense. And Brody King is a guy that is highly, highly, highly skilled. Very good in the ring, even for his size, for yeah. his physique too. He is very impressive. I think he's a guy who. Yeah, he is. Um, and I, 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 it's kind of look at Samoa Joe's body, and then you see what Samoa Joe can do in the ring. I think you get that same impressive, impressive exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they're equal in skill, the impression and, and how impressive he can be with his size is very similar. Don't mind him. I usually cry just by being around you, also, so I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Well, but, you know, and like I said, I didn't mean to interrupt you guys, but I, I wanted to come on and wish you both in speedy as well a happy holidays. I know I know, Alex kind of knew about it. I didn't want to tell Lyle yet that I was coming on. I wanted it to be a surprise and everything like that, to surprise both of you guys, to tell you what a kick-ass job you both have done so far since I've been gone. And, again, I will be back after New Year's. I'm guessing we're probably not going to be on back-to-back -back weeks because of Christmas and the New Year's. So then probably. once that happens, we'll so be back. So next week you are back. Yeah, I'll be back in the in the after, and we'll yeah. be going back to we'll be going from five thirty to seven. By the way, yep. yes, that is correct. correct. And uh, this little guy is some days he'll join me when he feels like it, and then some days he will, uh, you know, he'll want to well, do. What he wants, I, I can't wait to one day meet him. I don't know when that'll be with everything going on right now. No, of course. Um, but I cannot wait to meet him. Of course. Well, like I said, I wanted to just thank you guys. Um, thank you to the fans. Thank you, Speedy, as well. Um. I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, you know, and everything like that. I um, wanted to just give a quick shout out to my, my mother-in-law. Actually lost one of her dogs oh, no, I'm sorry. last night. Yeah, last night. So it's been a very high and a very low 
last few weeks um this has been but um we are just the silverberg obermeyer clan is just so glad that melissa's okay and and yeah. he's okay and i mean i know alex i talked to you a little bit but lyle lyle was talking to me every single day about what was going on how's how's everything going and stuff i was at the hospital for about a week sleeping at nights you know there so but it, this little guy is okay and that's the important thing and i can't wait to get back on the show with you guys and listen finish up i'm gonna let you guys finish i'll talk to you speedy at youtube merry christmas have a happy new year boys and i will talk to you soon all right all right all right talk thanks later, guys talk bye, to you later, be good take care thanks for letting me on bye guys Ladies and gentlemen, that was Josh Silverberg, our great friend and one of our co-hosts. He'll be back, I think, January 10th is the date he said. The date. Right now, let's dive into our finishing move. And my finishing move was I went to Shine 70. It was an amazing event. It's an all-women's event. And I was it was one of my favorites to go to. It's my second Shine event. Um, shout out to Bubba from Coastal Championship Wrestling. Thank you for the autograph and uh, for for paying for the autograph for Lindsey Snow. And uh, it was a great event. And definitely have to go back to one of those. And now let's let's wrap up. Let's wrap, wrap the show up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please, please have a safe, merry Christmas, a great, happy New Year. Stay healthy. Uh, We'll see you guys in the new year. It's going to be great. We're going to start off 2022 strong. And uh, what do you got to say? Merry Christmas. What do you got to say, Kenny Omega? Take it away. I must bid you adieu. So say with me now if you know it. Goodbye. And good night. Thank you for listening to Off The Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.